This shit a motherfucking layup. I been Steph Curry with the shot. Been cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 13 of Curry in the Pot. 13 episodes in. I want to get right into it. I don't want to waste no time. So here we go. Today's topics are. We got NBA playoff action. We have a few game twos that have uh, happened already. We got some game threes coming tonight. I also want to talk NFL news. I want to talk about these these aging running backs. I want to talk Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, Marshawn Lynch. I want to talk about that for a little bit. And then I got a little I got a little baseball news actually. And then I'm gonna go local news, so let's get right into it. I want to start things off with the defending champs, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Last night, they absolutely blew out the Toronto Raptors. I said the series was going to be short. The Toronto Raptors, they just faking, man. They just pretenders. They, they the Clippers of the East, if you will. They're a really good regular season team. Once the playoffs rolls around, they don't do anything. I know you guys remember that year they got swept by the Wizards. I believe that was two years ago. The Raptors, they get to the playoffs. You know, they, they have a really good regular season. They beat a lot of teams. They have you thinking they're going to do something. They, they probably have you thinking, oh, this is going to be their year. But we all know they're not knocking off LeBron. It's, it's not even possible. And LeBron showed us last night while it's not possible. Last night, LeBron James had 36 through three quarters. He was 10 out of 14 from the field at that time. And he was just doing his thing. Last night, he also moved past Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for second on the all-time playoffs list in scoring. And he also is the fourth member to make 300 career three-pointers in the playoffs, joining Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, as well as Manu Ginobili. The game really got out of hand early. Honestly, I thought it was over at halftime pretty much. Wasn't really watching it. It wasn't entertaining to watch at all. I had my TV on, but it was pretty much background noise because if you're an NBA fan, you know what's going to happen. Toronto isn't messing with these guys. They ain't doing nothing. I was a little shocked that DeMar DeRozan had one point at halftime, and he only finished the game with five points. I said in, week, I said in episode 12 that in order for the Raptors to even have a chance against the Cavs, that DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry were going to have to combine and average 60 points. And like I said, that's not going to happen. Which means there's no chance that these guys are going to win. Toronto is now in a 2-0 hole. The good news for them is they return to the 6 to play game 3 in Toronto. So, I mean, who knows? If they get if they win, they'll win one game. The series is going to end in either 4 or 5. I don't know how much fight they have left. But maybe, you know, the home crowd in Toronto is pretty good. You know, they got the Jurassic Park outside, what they call it. Now, it's a pretty good home crowd. They play well at home, so maybe they'll get at least one game. But the series is going to end in either five or four, so we'll see. Also, last night, we had the San Antonio Spurs and the Houston Rockets continue their series in San Antonio. Last night was a pivotal game, too, after the Spurs got absolutely demolished at home in game one. But they showed me that they have a lot of fight. I said I wasn't going to overreact to the Rockets blowing those guys out in game one. I said Greg Popovich is going to make his adjustments. 
and he did. He had Kawhi Leonard guard and James Harden, and James Harden did not play particularly well. He actually played really bad. He had 13 points, but on 3 of 17 shooting. He did get his 10 assists, also had 7 boards, but Kawhi Leonard was a man amongst boys last night. In his 38 minutes of action, he, he was 13 of 16 from the, from the floor. He had 34 points, 8 assists, also added in 7 boards. Looks like they got a lift from LaMarcus Aldridge, who had 15, a little lift. Pau Gasol was also inserted into the starting lineup. And last night, Tony Parker, he went down with an injury. And he is now out for the remainder of the playoffs with a torn left quadricep tendon. So that's kind of a big blow for Tony Parker. I know he's declined as a player as he got older, but you know he's still out there for leadership, honestly. He's the veteran on the team along with Manu Ginobili, you know, one of those key veterans that have been in the Spurs organization for a long time. He had 18 points, but he went down last night, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do. They still have Patty Mills. They still have Kyle Anderson, and they also have – a, a guy that drafted last year from Washington, uh, DeJounte Murray. i like to see him get a little more burn. But we'll see how they play, how they go, how they move forward without Tony Parker in game three. I think they'll be fine. I still picked Houston in six, so I'm not going to waver from my prediction just yet. The Rockets did what they needed to do, which was still one on the road, and they have the home court advantage headed back to Houston. So I'm going to stick with the prediction that I made on episode 12, which was Rockets and Six. Now I want to talk about what everybody has been talking about since Tuesday night, and that is Isaiah Thomas and the Boston Celtics. Uh, I'm kind of eating my words. I picked the Wizards in six, so the Wizards are going to have to win the next four. And it's been a crazy series. It's been a crazy series. The Wizards haven't been able to hold on to some leads. I want to talk game two real quick. I know Isaiah Thomas did his thing. I know he dropped 53. I know, I know, I know. But I want to talk real quick about the officiating. The officiating that occurred in that game. I don't, I'm not really one to blame officiating. I really hate doing that. But I thought the officiating was bad. A lot of calls were not going the Wizards way. A lot of calls were going in favor of the Boston Celtics. The Wizards had two guys foul out. I know the game went into overtime. I know that. I realize that. I understand it's an extra five minutes. But Martian Gortat fouled out. Marquise Morris fouled out. And on his last foul, that got him disqualified. I do not think that was a foul. And Kelly Oubre even had five fouls. That is 17 fouls between three players. I don't. I don't really think that's too fair. I think the refs need to let these guys play a little more. The Wizards were getting some calls, but I think they got the majority of those calls in the first half, particularly when John Wall was being aggressive. But I don't really want to blame officiating too much. The Wizards had some opportunities to capitalize. They really did. Towards the end of the game and even over time, they were settling for a lot of jumpers. And I don't really think that's a recipe for success if you're not the Golden State Warriors to be settling for jump shots. Even the Cleveland Cavaliers, to some degree, they have some shooters. The Wizards do not have too many dead-eye shooters. They have some guys that are capable of shooting that can make threes, you know, Bradley Bill, Otto Porter, Bojan Bogdanovic. 
those guys can shoot. Markeith Morris can shoot, but they're not really dead-eye shooters. I don't think settling for jump shots is a recipe for success, and I think that's part of the reason why they lost. Listen, John Wall balled out. My guy had 40 points, 13 assists. He did his thing. He really balled out. He, he had like 21 at the end of the first, something crazy like that. But he was balling. But with that being said, I want to give credit when credit is due. I want to shout out to Isaiah Thomas for scoring 53 points. It was also, it also would have been his sister's 23rd birthday. And a moment like that, it's, it's nothing but God, honestly. And I want to play a soundbite for you real quick. Very much. Isaiah, where is this coming from, man? Where is this coming from? It's my sister. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday. She would have been 23 today. So everything I do is for her. And she's watching over me, so that's all her. This was one of the most physical, hotly contested games. You and John Wall going at it. People flying on the floor. You hit your face. Oubre hit his face. All kinds of things. What got you guys back in the game and got you to the win? We took pride in defense. We got stops. The whole first half, they were ISOing us and taking us, and we didn't have no pride. Second half, especially the fourth quarter, we got our best defender back in Avery Bradley, and we played great one-on-one defense, and we, we executed on the offensive end, and we got the win. They threw every combination. They threw every guy at you. Fourth quarter and overtime, you dominated. I know that you think nobody can guard you, but what were you looking at and what were you seeing? I mean, y'all know what time it is. When, it, when it's that time, it's time for me to be aggressive. My coaching staff and my, my players put me, I mean, my teammates put me in position to, 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 to be successful. And I just try to make the right play each and every time down, whether that's a score or get, get, get a teammate open for, for them to score. But you were still a little nervous when Wall and Bill got those two shots at the end of regulation, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah, they're, they're hell of a player. So they, those are shots they usually make. So, yeah, I was a little nervous. But once we got in overtime, I knew the game was ours. Isaiah, I, the whole NBA community is, is in your corner. You know that. We know how tough these last couple of weeks have been, and we, especially this weekend. Where are, where are you finding not only the strength to play but to excel in this hotly contested environment? My family, my, my friends, they tell me to just keep going. My sister wouldn't want me to stop. The only thing about it is once I leave this gym, I hit reality and she's not here. So that's the, that's the tough part. But when I'm, when I'm in this, when I'm in this arena, I can, I can lock in and, and I know everything I do is for her. Say thank you for your time and congratulations. So real quick, I just want to say that that post game interview, it gave me the chills. And I don't know how he's, you know, finding the strength to do it. But I think it's an incredible thing when athletes use, you know, their sport as a refuge, you know, as an escape from life. And that's honestly what Isaiah Thomas is doing. You know, he's, you know, he's been going through a, a couple of tough weeks, you know. Last week's have been really tough for him, but I'm glad he is shining on the biggest stage right now in the playoffs. And I picked the Wizards in six, but... I couldn't, I couldn't, I can't root against Isaiah Thomas, man. You can't hate on a guy like that, honestly. You know, a guy that's 5'9", listed at 5'9", probably 5'7 and a half, 5'8", without shoes, man. That's my height, so I can't, I can't hate on that guy at all. He's been counting out his whole life, and he's doing his thing. 
All he needed was an opportunity, honestly. And he's, you know, he's relishing the opportunity right now. So now that brings us to game three tonight, which is in the Verizon Center. I'm looking for the Wizards to win this game tonight. It's a must win. You know, game three is always, you know, an imperative, an imperative game in any given series. Game threes and game game fives are pretty important. So I'm going to talk real quick. I'm going to talk the keys to tonight's game and, and what needs to happen for the Washington Wizards to get a W. So first things first, they need to keep riding John Wall. The offense has been running through John Wall great. He's been playing great all playoffs, you know. I need Bradley Bill to step up. He only had 14 points the other night, one of nine behind the arc. That's not going to get it done. Particularly, I haven't. I don't think the bigs have played really bad. Particularly, I don't think Gortat has played that bad. But they have to do a better job at denying Isaiah Thomas when he's coming off those screens. And they have to do better in pick-and-roll situations. He seems to get whatever he wants, any shot. Even the shots he misses are great shots. And they got to do better. I don't think I'm not looking for the Celtics role players to be too effective in a role game and a role atmosphere. But I'm looking for the Wizards role players to play well. Brandon Jennings plays well at home. Bojan Bogdanovic has zero points the other night. I look for him to get going tonight. Kelly Oubre, he played all right last game with 12 points. I'm looking for the bench to get really involved and looking for all the key role players to get involved. And I look for the Wizards to win game three tonight. If they don't win, the series is pretty much over. It is over if they do not win tonight. They can't afford to go down 3-0. So I'm going with the Wizards tonight in game three. I want to go back to Isaiah Thomas real quick. And he said on the record that Kobe Bean Bryant has been talking to him about film and pretty much helping him. I'm going to play a little bit of the soundbite that he said in his interview yesterday with the Boston media. But it's kind of a coincidence. Isaiah Thomas plays in Kobe's. He getting, you know, a little mentorship from Kobe. So I see why he had 53 the other night. Honestly, it's that Mamba mentality. Kobe calls him Mighty IT, so that's what I'm going to call him. And I'm going to play the little soundbite from the interview he had. Watching for him film. You said he taught you how he watched film. What are some of the things that he looks at differently? Uh, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> he wouldn't want me to do that. Um, he just on a, mentally, he's on a different level than anybody I've ever met. Um, when I we was on the phone for, for 30 minutes, I emailed him my film and he watched every every second. He was telling me what, what times to go to and what to look at in different, certain certain plays and, and things I didn't look at when I watched film. And he's just, like I said, um, mentally you could tell he's one of the greatest ever. And did that start after game two of the Chicago series? Yeah, yeah. That was, That's when you that was after game two when I, when I went home, actually. And he wanted to go over film with me. We, I, he called me, and we we did it. And he he, he made me figure out a lot of things. Did he reach out to you? Yeah, he reached out. On, on behalf of my sister, I want when that had happened, and then I mean, he's just been a, a very helping hand when it comes to the film and, and figuring out what to do the next day. What kind, what kind of things did he point out? Um, how they were playing defense. 
I'm not. I'm not kind of <laughs> Did he? Uh, he mentioned uh, the irony at all that he's helping Celtics. <laughs> nah, I mean, I don't even think he thinks things like that. But he just is trying to help out, and and it's just that's probably the the craziest thing that's happened to me. I said to be able. To, I remember when I was at home and in Washington, I was on the phone, and my mom kept saying, "Who are you talking to?" And I'm like. I had to put it on mute, like, and tell her it was Kobe. <laughs> and then she started tripping a little bit. So that's the soundbite from that. Ironically, Kobe is giving him tips. He's balling in Kobe. That's why he had 53. So, yeah, if he dropped 50 tonight, y'all know why. Real quick, I ain't going to talk too much about this series. The Golden State and Utah series is also underway. Let's not forget about that. We do still have the Warriors playing. I think that series is going to be short. The Utah just doesn't have enough. I give them credit for getting out of the first round, beating the Clippers. Now, that wasn't no easy thing, you know, beating the Clippers in seven, winning the game seven on their home floor. But I just don't think they have enough. Obviously, you know, Warriors just got a lot going on. It's too much. And since I just brought up the whole Warriors jazz, and I even talked about the Clippers, I didn't talk about Paul Pierce, who appeared in his last NBA game the other day. Uh, in the Game 7 loss to the Jazz. I just want to congratulate Paul Pierce on a great career. And, uh, you know, he had a really great career, honestly. Uh, you know, playing for the Celtics for all those years, even when those guys weren't, weren't even making the playoffs. And then, you know, I'm a Lakers fan, but even when they got KG and uh, Ray Allen, I was like, wow, this is really big. And for them to win the championship, you know, the same – you know, right after the offseason, they acquired those guys. I thought it was great. My favorite Paul Pierce moment was when he was on the Wizards and he hit that game-winning shot. And the whole NBA family's going to miss you, Paul. The whole family's going to miss the truth, man. You were nothing but the truth. In the 19 years, congratulations. <laughs> so real quick, I want to transition into the NFL. You know, a lot of things are happening mainly with these Asian running backs. You got Adrian Peterson, who signed with the New Orleans Saints. You have Jamal Charles, who recently just signed with the Denver Broncos. And we've talked Marshawn Lynch, but we're going to throw him in there too. So we got these veteran running backs. You know, on their last leg, they, they got something to prove. The Saints play the Vikings week one, so that's going to be interesting to see. That Vikings defense is crazy, so I doubt Adrian Peterson is going to go all out, go crazy against them. And he's also in a committee backfield. Don't forget the Saints still have Mark Ingram, who averaged five yards per carry last year. And they drafted a running back. They drafted a running back from Tennessee in the draft. So they got three running backs. It's going to be a committee backfield. I imagine he's going to get, you know, maybe more touches than the rest of those guys in week one. But we're just going to have to see. We also got Jamal Charles signing with the Denver Broncos. He gets to get... Revenge against the Kansas City Chiefs for letting him go. They let go their all-time leading rusher in franchise history. And he is now playing for a division rival. So we're just going to have to see. I don't I don't think it's a bad move. I want to see what Jamal Charles has left. You know, he's been going through a lot lately. You know, these, these season-ending knee injuries lately. And I just want to see if he has anything left to prove. You know, he used to be one of my favorite backs in the league. You know, he's really explosive, elusive, and, you know, really quick. So I want to see if he has anything to prove in Denver. And, you know, he'll be playing against the Redskins this year. We play, we play the AFC West. 
the NFC East plays the AFC West. So looking forward for the Redskins, you know, to take on the challenge that they go against these backs. We also have the Saints on our schedule, so it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a lot of, a lot of interesting things going on as we face you know these backs. But real quick, I want to say this would be a really great thing if this was 2013, where these guys were in their primes, pretty much. This would have been amazing if this was 2012, 2013. But it is 2017. I don't know how much these guys have left in the tank. We have to see. Real quick, I want to transition and talk some baseball news. Here we go. In the air, towering drive. Center field, Pilar back. Watch it go. He's done it again. If you aren't too familiar, that is the Yankees' new outfielder. He's a rookie, Aaron Judge, who hit his 13th home run of the season yesterday. And he's the first player in MLB history to hit 13 home runs in his first 25 games. That is very impressive. The Yankees got themselves a hitter, man. Something we lack since A-Rod in his prime. I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm not a big Yankees fan, but that is my team. That's my squad. That's who I claim. We have a new judge in town, so baseball world. Everybody needs to take notice. Going to wrap off my segment, wrap up today's episode with some local news. Last night, the Capitals lost to the Penguins in this series. They lost 3-2 last night. The Penguins now have a 3-1 series lead, but we all know about 3-1 leads. Mainly happens in basketball, but we all know about that. The series continues, I believe, Saturday, and it's going to be a pivotal game five. So we're going to see how that goes for the Caps. Hoping for the best. And that's just about all. Besides the Wizards and Celtics tonight, that game is going to come on at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. And that is on ESPN tonight. So I want to wrap things up by thanking everybody for listening. I want to thank all, everybody for the love and support. I want to thank you all, man, for, you know, being on this journey with me. You know, it's just the beginning of episode 13. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be at 1,300 soon. But... Just want to thank everybody for listening. Thank everybody for the love and support. Hope you all enjoy listening as much as I love talking about this sports. Giving you guys my opinions and sharing you guys information about sports. I want to thank everybody for listening. Once again, it's Curry in the Pot. Mike Curry signing out. Episode 13 is done. <laughs>